0: If you've never seen any of Park Tool's tutorial videos or stopped by their booth at Seattle Classic, then you've been missing the wonder that is Calvin Jones. His energy levels and excitement for tools and bike repairs is contagious, so I am super stoked to share this interview with you. We talk about his favorite tools, where repairs go wrong, and how they overcome stuck and stripped bolts, among many other things. We also talk about Park Tool's history, why they're blue, and why that color is so important to their brand. And even how they come up with ideas for new tools. I really enjoy this one, and some of his insights on learning are world class. Please welcome Calvin Jones. Hey, Calvin, welcome to the Bike Rumor Show.
1: Well, thanks. Glad to be here, and uh, with all of Minnesota, we are we're pleased to be on on the podcast.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for making the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Park Tool is just kind of legend in the bike space. Everybody knows it for the the blue handles, the blue color, and you've just been around forever. But I was hoping we could kind of kick off. You could introduce yourself real quick. Let us know what you do for the brand. And then, you know, maybe guess a few minutes of how Park Tool got started. Sure.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I've been um, coming up here. I think it's next week I arrived 27 years ago in wow. the fierce summer, just <laughs> winter storm. <laughs> Uh, good thing I had uh, four-wheel uh, drive with worn hubs. Had to lock my hubs in. Uh, it was a tough winter back then, kids. Um, so yeah, got uh, got hired here to be the director of education, and uh, that's that's my my title. So we're not an enormous, even though we're a big bicycle tool company in terms of companies. We're we're not we're not big. I mean, it's the bike industry. So no one's. Ford uh, uh, door handle vendor is probably bigger than than we are, but uh, um, you know we manufacture uh, tools here and and uh, develop. So my job is to to help with the education part in terms of of uh, articles, all the articles, repair help on the website. Those those are all all my articles. The big blue book of bike repair, all the different editions. Those those are mine. The curriculum. Uh, called the Park Tool School that we we have available for shops and and um, you know sometimes the community centers will teach that to help people teach because being a teacher is different than than doing it right. A lot of people can turn around clockwise, but teaching how to do it successfully, oddly, that that's actually a, a, a skill. So
0: yeah, I think the people who are really experts tend to not realize how much they know and gloss over some of the little stuff that beginners, they're, they lo- they leave them in the dust so fast.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And jargon, of course, is, is uh, you know, we can say this for later, but jargon does have its purpose, but also jargon is another case to to, to make an out-group, you know, the in-group. or the, ah, uh, you know, we're the criterion writers, and, you know, we shift to the big meat, and we have all these slick terms, and the downhill racers have their terms, and Bikers in general do cooking cooking people are, are no different or sale people at right? the the sailors or horse people. Every little group has their own little little jargon. So so but let me see what else do I do here? Um customer service. We we you we know, pe- we respond to questions, people write us, uh tell us how to uh oh I can't get this crank arm off. And well, actually a crank arm doesn't use a polar, it's a Shimano style. <laughs> so uh uh, we do a lot of that, um, uh, you know, warranty issues, uh, work with the engineers on, you know, what's a, a new problem or, a, you know, a new issue or, or what's old. You know, we no longer have our cotter pin press. And I don't, this is, I can, I can say this publicly, I, I don't think we're going to be bringing back the cotter pin press this <laughs> next year. So um, that, that crowd will just have to wait. So anyway, that's Maybe that's it'll create a black here. market
0: for the old ones.
1: Right, that's that, that. That's right. Cool. So, how did Park Tool as
0: a company get started?
1: Yeah, that's that, that is kind of a kind of a fun thing. We do have a bit of an origin story. That uh, uh, a guy named Art Art instrument and Howard Hawkins, uh, two vets out of out of World War Two, uh, up in in uh, uh, what's called White Bear Lake, next to the you know Saint Paul here, started a uh a bike shop and fix it shop because you you did a lot of everything uh so they had skate sharpening they had uh you know they would sharpen your lawnmower blades they would fix fix bikes and uh they just you know plug along um you know taking their you know their what money they had after the, the war and this is in the 50s here getting you know getting going and and that and then eventually started making their own tools because there there weren't there weren't any specialty tools in America then, okay? You know, because some of Europe, of course, had different different tools, but here, no way to really hold the the, the stand. So they they made their own bike stand, uh, which is an interesting contraption. It pictures on our website. It's, uh, it's a it's it's an old shell casing full of cement with bathtub feet, you know, welded you know, attached to it, and then uh, an axle from a Ford uh, pickup goes straight up. That's the upright. And then this this clamp comes out of it. So it's like an over-center clamp, uh, which is our kind of our traditional style. And uh, little pins to let you rotate it. And the best part is the handle that you grab to pull and close it. Of course, it's a hockey stick. It's a chunk <laughs> of a hockey stick being the state of uh, of hockey, Minnesota. So the point is uh, they started doing a lot of their own specialty stuff and they uh, hired a uh, uh, a young young guy, Jay Townley, who uh, got eventually went to work for Schwinn and remembered the shop and all their their tools, and they uh, got Schwinn hooked him up with them, and so they started making uh, tools for for Schwinn. Schwinn's color was red. Okay, so that uh, the if you see some older shops, they'll have red dipped cone wrenches or you know different things with red jaw covers. Uh, they look like Park tools. Well, they are Park tool, but those were made for for Schwinn. So when Park the tool decided, oh, we're going to just you know break off and, and do f- tools full time. You know they were doing uh, bike sales up till, till now. They still ran the shop and a factory for tools. Uh, you know, big big uh, huge Schwinn uh, dealer. Uh, you know, lots and lots of Schwins. They finished. They got out of that and the tools into full time, and they wanted to distinguish their own brand. Well, so if you're selling and Schwinn's got red dip cone wrenches, what color should you use? Well, blue. So if you saw the blue handle, then you knew, oh, that's from the Park Tool company. Um, and then that's, you know, Schwinn kind of faded away there. And so that's kind of where the blue came from is is to distinguish it from the, the original, the, the red dip for Schwinn. And that's what, that's what we run with now, the blue, the blue, uh, blue tools.
0: Right on. And you you all have defended that color from a trademark kind of legal well, standpoint yeah, as well. yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. Which is it. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's a bit controversial, but, you know, if someone wants the lesson in that, go out and make yourself a green tractor. Right. And see, yeah, see how far far you get. But where that came originally came from, we would get tools uh, returned to us from competitors, blue, people asking for warranty. Right. So that the, the public assumption, oh, this is your tool. That's well, that was the reason that they were doing it to try and get people to think, oh, this is yeah, that's what it is. It's a park tool. And so we uh, went ahead and, and got uh, you know, a trademark for the, the color, which it's we're not the first in the world.
0: No, I know T-Mobile does it for their magenta and like you you mentioned green for John Deere and. Right. Yeah. It's not unique. I just, I remember that being a bit of an issue, not, you know, I, I say issue, I'm not trying to criticize anyone for it. Cause I, I agree. I think it's an important part of the brand. Um, but I know there was another tool brand that was trying to enter into the U S and they had to, you know, in the country they're from, they use some blue and, mm-hmm. you know, they had to kind of redo the brand image right. a little bit to enter the yeah. U S market.
1: I, yeah. I, that it, it, it. Uh, yeah I understand that you know it's the the way, the way it is. It definitely helps a good example I'd say is is what I call the photo bombs. So you know we're we're in different shops or we're we sponsor different teams. you know it you know how effective is that really? you know if we had a we had our logo plastered to the you know the forehead of you know the guy leading the the tour or something or you know downhiller. I don't know if that's really going to help. To be honest, no one's going to buy a cone wrench because oh, this guy really knows how to climb and he got he won he won the tour and I'm going to get a cone wrench. But in the background, if you see blue in the background, that's us. That you know that's that's the nice thing about you know having defending that color is uh, you look at advertisements for different things and there's a little bit of blue trim in the back and you look careful. Yeah, that's going to be a you know, clamp or a repair stand or a cone wrench or so. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's business. That's the yep. business side of things.
0: So let's, let's talk tools. You know, I've got a bunch of random questions just because sure. I'm a bike nerd. I've got a huge amount of tools here. And some of them, you know, they, they sit around and barely ever get used, you know, and so that once in a blue moon when you're really glad you have it. But what are some of the, you know, in your opinion, like one or two of the most obscure tools you make that, you know, most even shops <laughs> won't use, but once a year.
1: Oh, boy, what a good, what a good, good question. See, that's why you should send all these questions out early. <laughs> so, uh, we can come back
0: to that one if you want to
1: think yeah, about it. No, I'm going to, I'm going to opening, I'm opening up a little browser here to, to look, to look at some, some things <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, okay, yeah. Four, okay, here's one. Uh, the, uh, a, um, uh, it's a free will tool and uh, the FR3, it's a free will tool. It's a four prong tool. Okay, so there's BMX that are wide pronged, single speeds, right? Uh Shimano's an example that uses that. But this thing is an F- FR3. We still make them and they still sell. And this is one of those weird things. We literally don't know where we'll have to put a little air chip in the bag with them and see where do they go. <laughs> Suntour has it made this style how many years? Over 20. 25 years or 30 years. It's a free wheel, not a cassette. It's, it, it's very unique. Uh, but, you know, they, if a tool stops uh, selling, you know, tool dries up. I was joking about the cotter print press. We would make that. You know, we, we weren't mad at the, the cotter cranks. Sales simply dried up. And so then, well, you got to cull the herd sometimes. It, it just, you know, you're, you want to support the industry, but uh, the FR3 is holding its own, You know. There's that you know famous. It's a track race. If you're a trackie at all, double take the hindmost. That it's a, it's the elimination race. They pull the last rider every other lap that across the line. And the FR3 has never been that last <laughs> tool. <laughs> every year we look at the at the sales, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty obscure. But one comes to your shop, and you got to remove it. You ain't gonna fake it. You're, you 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 got to have it. That's so. That's uh, that's that's just one. There's, uh, there's I a feel like of I need
0: a bit of an education here because my understanding of a free will would be like the actual the cog is on its own little free will and then that's attached to the hub, kind of yeah, like the old BMX bikes, right?
1: That's exactly right. Okay. The ratcheting mechanism and clutch are, are threaded on to the the uh, the hub shell on a thread. And like the phone calls we get and the confusion, people often buy the wrong tool because they're confused, and, and it's it's can be confusing between a. Free wheel and a cassette system, where well, the clicky thing, the ratchet, is all built into the hub, and the the cogs just pull off separately. And the you know free hubs are the way to go, you know. And uh, but so yeah, you got you got to know got to know the differences. What's one more? Huh okay, let's let's go let's go to some of the uh, the SW five spoke wrench. It's a DT Swiss Tricon spoke wrench. And uh, we have a lot of spoke wrenches and we, we might have uh, some new spoke wrenches out, but I, I can't tell you now because um, uh, I would be uh, wheeled out of the, uh, the office. <laughs> Something may be coming, so I, don't, I can't say what it is. Uh, but, uh, gosh, we have a lot of different ones. There's, you know, this weird campy wrench and there's this Mavic has got these spline things and there's the internal and then, boy. Uh, and okay, so the Swiss Tricon, DT, it was cool. It was neat. They brought it out a couple of years and said, nope, it's not working. They dropped it. It's been years. That's the same thing. Who's buying this? <laughs> well, keep keep buying them because, again, we sell enough that it's it's holding its own. You know, it's not going to, uh, uh, people just buy it. So we're not going to cut it.
0: Yeah. What you said earlier there tees up one of my questions really well is that, uh, you know, there's, there's always, you know, for better or worse, new standards coming out, which means new tools, which is great for business for you. But, you know, when a brand is developing something new that is going to require a a unique tool, how early in that process do you get involved? Like, do they reach out to you and say, hey, this is what's coming. Can you make some tools?
1: Well, we'll have some of that. Absolutely. But that, you know, in a big topic, that's. That's a complex topic that, you know, you call it standards. It's a specification. It's <laughs> okay. not really a standard, right?
0: Yeah. How long does it have to be in the market for you to consider it a standard versus a specification?
1: Yeah, that's a yeah, joke related to that. A hundred years, but that's, that's, <laughs> not the, that's not the truth anymore. So if something new comes out, people would say, oh, that's really great for you. But, you know, is it? If, if right now we're selling, you know, uh, uh, make up a, a number, you know, 10,000 of, of this, the, the widget Turner, the widget Turners ten thousand. So now we're going to have this other standard comes out, and all of a sudden, you're going have two tools, but the tooling to make it and package it is all the same. Now you're selling reduced volume for each. Hmm. Okay, Spoke wrenches are a great example that way. So I mean, you you, you can't just have like that a friend said one time, "Oh, can't you make like a, a one use tool? It's just good for one time. And I mean, and constant, think of the engineering for that, right? It's, it's going to literally take the load for this one use and then fail and then it decomposes, right? So it, I think they're living in the. I think they're playing too many video games to, you know, so that you wouldn't you you wouldn't be held to that that standard. The tool has to hold up, but it it you know like the bottom brackets. People, oh boy, all those bottom brackets are great for you guys. Well, you know we got bottom bracket reamers. At at some point. Um, Tools are, are good and profitable, and, you know, the, uh, the, the retailer gets margin, sell them to consumer. But at some point, for some tools, it's an industry service, okay? Probably some of our machining tools is, is uh, a consumer is not going to buy a, 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 um, a PF42, or, you know, uh, reamer for their shell, a press-fit 42-millimeter shell. We make it. Well, it, some builders are going to use that. And some shops that really need it have some bad bikes are going to use that. But no way is that paying for all the, the effort behind that tool. We're doing it to help keep the boat afloat, right? The big bicycle industry and in the, in the, you know, sometimes we plug holes that are, that are leaking because, you know, nobody else will. But it's, it's yeah, it's not doing us, all, you know, putting any wind in our sails, but other than trying to help, things and you know no one cares about it it's definitely one of the you know back room things that that helps but um nobody's going to write a ballad about it So
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good point what um what are your personal one or two or three favorite tools
1: uh yeah that's always a a, a, a good question one of my ones the, the favorite for sure is the uh the wh1 and uh we call it the the wheel buddy that's what me and Truman call it, the wheel buddy. And it's fixturing, You know the, the idea of fixturing, like a vise is for fixturing, a repair stand is fixturing, it holds the thing you're working on. So the WH-1 is a simple bracket that you bolt onto the bench and then the wheel uh, has a stud, you slide the, the through axle on it. It's really the, a through axle, uh, it's designed for through axles, quick release, it can work, but not near as good. What it lets you do is, is to really wrench on that tire to get it seated or unseated, mm. or to put rim tape on, or for some people, paint on some tubular glue, or put on rim tape, um, uh, or you can lay it flat, you can lay the wheel flat, uh, and then what that's gonna do is uh, make it easy to check dish. It's going to allow you to uh, um, seat a tire. Tires seat, airless tires, a lot better horizontally than they do vertically. That you're naturally seating one bead within a hor- the gravity. You're using gravity in a horizontal position. Or take a free a, a cassette off or take out rotor bolts. It's just nice to have that holder. It's, it's a, like a friend, your friend on the bench holding the wheel for you. So that, um, that's probably one of them. Uh, our bleed kit is another one. I really like our bleed kit now, the, the, the 0.2 versions. Um, the, uh, uh, the hoses are all clamped and they're, they're not gonna the leak or bleed. Uh, some competitors have a system that it's, the threads spin and at first it seems neat, but over time, air is gonna come through those threads. So we, we didn't go that way. But what's really nice about ours is, it, is a, its versatility. There are so many brakes out there and we fit, I can't say all of them, right? Because I haven't seen all of them, but uh, we have four millimeter threads. We have five millimeter threads. We have six millimeter threads. We have that weird uh, Magura six by 0.7 uh, thread. <laughs> and the Shimano's got a seven millimeter thread. We have that as well. So, you know, no no bleed, no brake company is gonna do a quarter inch bleed thread. Okay, it's not gonna happen. So. You know the, if you're going to get one bleed kit and fit as many as possible, you know I'll put I'll put our, our kit up against any, anybody's, uh, you know. So that that that's been kind of fun.
0: I guess technically you would need two, right? One for mineral oil, one for DOT.
1: Oh yes, you of course, of course, right? If if you're if you're a shop, you know, yeah. and if you're, uh people say, well, why can't I just clean it out? Well, the seals themselves are are, are different, number one, uh, and that's the whole problem with. We have a video on that. Uh, if you mix them up, you can take your your mineral oil seal and drop it in some DOT and wait a few hours and look at the thing. It just balloons. Huh? It it just ruins. Yeah, it ruins the seal. So you don't want that to happen inside your caliper.
0: No, no, no. I mean, I think there were some issues with something that on a certain brand, not too many years ago. That for some reason there was some swelling. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's probably a, a, a you know another one. Yeah, just and probably probably the the, the spoke wrench, the SW zero, <laughs> the black uh, spoke wrench is you know it's something you feels nice in the hand. You get to you know you see a good mechanic experience. You know they're talking to you. You're going to talk about uh, what are you doing this weekend? You're going to go for a ride or no? I got to go to a dinner party and they're spinning this little their their fidget is their tool, right? They're spitting this little wrench in their finger and it's just going through all, you know, little motions. They're comfortable with that in their hand. That's the that's sign of a good, a good mechanic, that this is something I'd like to touch. I'd like to have my hands on this and, and I can manipulate in all, all these ways. So once they get on a, a, a rim, this person's on a rim, they're, you know, they're turning it the, the right way, going through it quickly. You know, so that's just a nice little indicator. You go to a shop and a person's fidgeting with a tool. That's a good thing.
0: Hmm. You know, yeah, it's good. It's something to look out for when you're walking in. You
1: know? That's right. Like drummers, you see drummers are always flipping out the drumstick thing around. And well, it's kind of, the, kind of the same thing.
0: Question about Allen wrenches. You know, like I, personally, I think Torx is just such a better standard because you have so many more edges to catch and you know, much less risk or, or almost no risk of stripping. But with Allen wrenches, I'm curious why some of them have a little bit of a rounded edge, you know, if not just mm-hmm. at the corners, but all the way around. And then, like, why do you rarely see an Allen wrench that is perfectly flat with sharp edges?
1: Okay, well, just corporate talk. Allen is the registered trademark of the Danaher Corporation. <laughs> we sell hex wrenches, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's the same as it Snap-on and, and, and anybody. So, you know, it, it's a name, you know, absolutely a, a, you know, a vice grip. So is right. there
0: an actual difference between an Allen wrench and a hex no. wrench? Okay.
1: No, 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 no. But it, it's it's you know just you know oh excuse me, I had to get some Kleenex. Yeah, right. Well, no, you're getting <laughs> some some facial tissue. So yeah, you you want if if it's totally square, it's going to be a harder fit inside. So when uh, on any wrench, uh, and you know, you say, well, why you know, why don't they just go to to um, to uh, so the torques, you know, which is the you know the torque style or the you know the the six point extra six point, there's a lot of legacy in the industry, right? A lot of legacy. If baggage, you know, every every relationship <laughs> comes with baggage. And when you buy a bike, there's definitely some some baggage. We could carry this into, you know, people will say, well, why isn't everything metric? Why, why isn't everything just metric? Well, <laughs> Okay, so sit down for that that discussion. But um, the the Torx type fitting is 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 a good fit. That that's a nice a nice fit. Um, when you put the the load on it and you're turning it clockwise and you're gaining tension, it's the points that are taking the load. It's the points that are, that, are, that are taking the load. So you get a lot more contact with the the, the Torx fitting there with that Torx style fitting. That's what that is. You know that's that's nice. That it's it's. Um, you have more engagement that that way. So you're going to potentially not, you know, ruin things at, at the same torque. However, having said that, the reason things get ruined or rounded is poor fixturing by the user. It is engagement. It is it is uh, putting a wrench in halfway, putting it in poorly or quickly. You're you're not uh you're not aligned. So and I, I see this, you know, all the time. Going to events. When we go to events, we try and and work pe- with people. We don't just say, "Give us that bike. We'll fix it for you." And you know, get out of here. We we want you to fix it. You know, we want come on in. You know, let's put this in a stand. And here's a wrench. You know, and and um, you know, some people are know what they're doing and and you know, do well. And some people need a little bit of hand. And I also see this on on the the kids that I'm I'm teaching. I, I coach with a. A high school program, a, a Nike-like program here in Minnesota, and the, the new kids that I'm training, I, I try and train a, a core group of, of mechanics for the team. They're not putting the, the, um, the wrench straight with the axis of the thread. And if you're off a little bit, it's not engaging down in the thread. And if you don't have good engagement and you're putting that torque, that, that load on it, it's not going to uh, uh, it's not gonna go well. I mean, if, you know, if, it's, if it's gently tight, you're going to get away with it. But when you're trying to pull something up pretty tight, okay, a brake mount, disc brake mount can be, you know, eight, nine, 10 newton meters. It's pretty snug, and it's going to be a five millimeter uh, hex wrench. Yeah, if you're not in there straight, you're not in all the way, yeah, you can round it out. And then, um, you know, not to be too, uh, too uh, you know, I don't want to say, you know, wah-wah is the, the tool industry. An old adage is that the poor craftsman blames his tools. Well, there's some truth to that, right? There's truth to any, you know, saying, old, old saying. It's not, not always, always true. But you want to make sure the tool is fully engaged before you begin the turning. That's, you know, so. But yeah, if, if, we, if the industry were to next year, change everything over to Torx, there'd be definitely be some advantage. <clears throat> and there definitely would be some screaming. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I don't know. Screaming for joy we, in my department. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, that's 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 fair. And then, um, you know, long long as everybody, that, then what do you do with the old stuff, right? So it's gonna be it's gonna be a long a long while yeah. before things are all all settled out. Might so. be
0: worth it for industry people listening. You know, that's I, I think we can endure that pain because you know most of us at this point have both a hex wrench set and at least like the common sizes of Torx. I don't feel like it would be that. Big of a deal to just swap the bolts. But...
1: Earlier, earlier, someone was talking to me a little bit earlier about, oh, these people that are experts in something and they think that everyone else is just like them. I can't remember who that was that, that was talking like that, that said, oh, yeah, everyone else is going to have this. So it's because I have it. Yeah. But anyway, that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, uh, it, I don't know if everyone does, does have, have that.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it kind of begs the question, right? Like, I, I try and look at things from, the other person's point of view, right? So is right. like, is there a reason why people are still using Hex other than that's just the way it was or it's convenient? Or like, are they cheaper? Because I know you save a penny at the manufacturing level and it's like saving a dollar at the retail level in some cases. I don't know. There, there must be some reason unless it's just sheer convenience and laziness.
1: Well, it, yeah, definitely. A pretty famous company had uh, some some trailers out. They're all torques, 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 torques. And then one, one bolt was hex. Okay. So that that was uh you know, good golly, you know. So if you're gonna do it, do it across the uh across the board. And then and then uh it'd be nice to have uh you know one ranch. Uh I think I can use I'll go ahead and use a brand name here, Cannondale. Cannondale been around a you know a while, not you know, not extremely old. They have uh a bike out. They brought it out for the trade show and it was going to be a big deal. It was this mountain bike. Everything was a five millimeter hex. You could take it apart with a five millimeter uh, hex, everything, bar stamp, you know, blah, 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 pedals. And it was so successful. Do you, do you remember that bike? I don't remember that one. Have you ever heard of that bike? Nope. (laughs) No, nobody cared. Hmm. Nobody cared. So, yeah, at first it sounds like, yeah, boy, this will be really, really great. Yeah. And then, you know, it turned out, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't. That's probably extreme. What you're saying, you know, to make, to make it better, you still have to have full engagement of the tool. Absolutely. But it, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I'm going to agree the Torx is uh, definitely better.
0: So, what about the, um, the hex wrench or, yeah, hex tools that are, they're like twisted a little bit. And I think the claim is that they can help. Get a uh, stripped or at least partially stripped bolt out. Like, how does that actually work?
1: Well, it, it's it's tapered. Some of our wrenches have, have that. It's a slight taper. So if uh, if it's if it's a bolt with some some you know depth to it, as as you turn it counterclockwise, it it uh, because it's it, it's it's biting its, itself. It's it's uh, it, it's going to help pull it pull it out. So, but you know when uh, to be honest, when they're in tight at all, when they're really you know seized in there. Uh, it uh, it's, not, it's probably not going to work. But, but they're you know they not um, if they're not rusty or they're greased. As a rule of thumb, you're going to find it takes less torque to loosen something than to tighten it. Mm-hmm. So you know you got a a, a crank bolt. We're going to pull up to you know 30 newton meters. We're going to tighten some bolt. It doesn't take 30 newton meters. Uh, to break it free, so that's why you get get away with that, like that little system that uh, I'm talking about. That's 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 twisted. It's kind of an easy out.
0: Yeah. Why is that? Why does it take less torque to bolt?
1: Well, okay. Is it easier to ride uphill or downhill? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, no, it's a,
1: a legit question. But let's think of this road. The helical spline is is, is a road. So we have we have a we a, have a bolt. Think of this bolt. It's huge. And this thread is going round and round and round and round. So let's think of Mount Vesuvius or this, uh, what's the classic uh, Hawaiian volcano? We're going to carve a road and a bench cut all the way, all the way, all the way around. So it's like a thread, right? So if you have a really coarse, coarse thread on a bolt, okay, it takes more effort to get it to the same point. If it's a very fine thread and you, you can think of through axle bolts, through axle, why are there different threads on through axle systems? Do we need this? No. But the the coarse ones versus fine ones. It takes longer with the fine thread to turn it in, but it transmits the torque better. So where am I going with this? You're it's this. You're riding up that you know the very gentle slope. You're, you've tightened the thread and you pulled this this tension. So now we're going to break it free. So the 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 wedge the wedge that you've just tightened. You can uh, let's do one one revolution on on a thread that's literally a wedge right rise over run okay so an m6 is is what that's a 1 millimeter pitch that's that's our rise and what's the run okay okay listeners let's do it 6 t- times <laughs> what <laughs> right 6 times pi that's your that's your that's your run that's a wedge so you're going up that wedge tightening. But when you break it free, you are literally coming you're down that wedge. Okay. You're coming down that wedge. So loosening takes, takes less torque unless you never greased it. <laughs> unless you throw in some really heavy thread locker, right? Or you've stripped the threads or, or, uh, or seized the threads. But normally, yes, you, you can uh, you know, get a torque wrench like our torque wrench put on click type so i i'm going to run it up to 30 newton meters you know tick, 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 tick. click click okay i'm at 30 newton meters flip it over and go counterclockwise it's probably not going to click on you it's not going to click because it it's it's less torque to to break it to break it free hmm. so it's part of the fun with threads
0: yeah and so for a bolt that is stuck you know i think a lot of us have probably done the hack where we take a Dremel tool and cut a groove into it so we can use a big flathead is there yeah. a uh, is there a park tool solution for something like that, or is that Dremel tool the kind of the the grinding disc well, the yeah, best that, option? Yeah. The, 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 the,
1: the uh, what what Truman and I do when we're in that situation, or what Park Tool product we recommend? <laughs> yeah. the number one thing to do is to is, is to use the tools at hand to think about it and and to back up. I take the airplane up to another another thirty thousand feet. Uh, is there another way around this? Is there another way to, to get at this? So, number one, look at the tool. Did, have you been using a rounded tool? And then, you know, would, would a, a better-fitting square tool, you know, okay, getting fixturing, getting the, 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 the component held tight, you're standing above it and applying your body weight down as you're turning counterclockwise. These are all free things, Right. Okay, uh, good. Uh, we have another uh, video on a, on a stripped rotor bolt. I got one, two, three, four out. The sixth one is stripped. The sixth one is stripped. What good is that gonna do me? Okay, think of it. What we're gonna do is put a wrench in and we're gonna grab the rotor and we're gonna turn the rotor and the bolt at the same time because the bolt is, is pushing on the rotor. The bolt's not pushing directly on the hub. So I've just turned the, I've just turned the rotor. And it'll turn without the other ones. It'll rotate a bit counterclockwise. That's probably enough to back it off. You've loosened the torque. Now with that ruined bolt, you can get it out. So, you know, on, on a crank arm, your, your pedal is, the, 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 the socket head behind the pedal is all ruined. Maybe you take the crank off so you can work horizontally on it. So, you know, that's, those are the things that, that we do. At some point, absolutely, uh, the Dremel tool is not not so bad if it's a low, if it's if it's a, your aluminum bolt and it's a fairly low torque. A straight blade screwdriver is not going to get you a lot of torque. Uh, you know, people think, wow, that's I'm really turning this really hard, but if it's a screwdriver, no, you're not. It's 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 you know, a wrench is where you're applying a load. The, the screwdriver, you're twisting with your hand. It's not, you put it on a torque wrench, right? And, and turn against a torque wrench and see how, how bad a, a position that is for, for, for your body. So uh, drilling it, my favorite that I will carry with me on, on the road or, or two events, left-handed drill bits. On, on a smaller bolt, especially, it drills inward. The spiral is, is uh, counterclockwise, right? So it's cutting to the left by just the pressure of you drilling it, it's naturally turning in a loosening direction. It often starts turning itself and backs itself out, hmm. right? So that, that's, the tricks like that are good, but eventually an easy out, you know, might have to be needed. That's actually a, the last ditch effort. When you put an easy out in, you have to remember, it goes in in wedges. And as you're turning it cl- uh, counterclockwise more and more, it's wedging in tighter and tighter. You're, you're, you're going to start, especially the smaller bolts, you're gonna expand that bolt. <laughs> yeah. So you're expanding it as you're turning it counterclockwise, that, that can make it tough, you know, but uh, yeah, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do what, what, what you gotta do.
0: Yeah, no, I like that's some creative solutions you just mentioned, so that's cool yeah. stuff. You probably get a million questions on tools and repairs. What are some, like, are there some standouts that you remember for just being completely ridiculous or obscure or weird?
1: Well, geez, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> some we, favorites, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fa- let's yeah, let's say favorites. The uh, the um, part of our job here, me and Truman, and it's you know it's, it's we got to keep in touch with things. Uh, we do look at all the YouTube comments. I don't know. If, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> have just said that. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't admit that.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you one of my favorite, What that's interesting uh, t- to look at, you know, you go to pe- people's pages and look, look at their comments. It, it can be, but yeah, and sometimes we do catch things. Oh, we missed that. Yep, that's, you know, or it's a related topic, you know, that, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's not the appropriate video to it, but it is a good idea. And then sometimes, you just wonder what what were you think you know where did you get this and and it can be you know I don't want to I'm looking at some here I don't want to read any but but definitely everyone's worth checking out you know to to, to see you know how did they miss this or how did we miss this how did as educators Truman and I you know not see it from their point of view and which which that's the thing that drives me crazy about YouTube. Because my, my tradition in giving seminars, uh, teaching people, you know, when, when I was with the Barnett Institute and, and, and doing, doing professional seminars and, and teaching with the people I'm, I'm doing now, is to look them in the eye, right? And, the, and to have them ask questions that make me restate what we're talking about. YouTube, that's the, the problem I have with YouTube. You watch the video a hundred times. You know what you're going to get? The same video. A hundred times. Mm-hmm. Okay, derailleur adjustment is, is a good one. People automatically go to, how to adjust my rear derailleur? It, it sounds good at, at first, right? And we'll, we'll see this every week, every week. I did everything you said by the book and it's none of it's working, you know? Oh, okay, what i send them is, there's a different video that gets, it's not near as it was watched. It's hardly ever watched how a derailleur works. <laughs> how a derailleur works. If, if you, you learn that and you see that, you get to, to, to plot your own repair adventure. You, you, you get to, to, to decide, okay, this is what works. Oh, this will change that. Now I see. But it, it, there's this root learning that, that it's A, B, C, D, I get the results that I want, I'm done. That can work if everybody is literally the same, right? If, the, if your cable's new, if everything's aligned, if you know, Pluto and, and Mercury are lined up just right, sure. But if you have a deeper understanding of the mechanism, that's, that's when it works. That's when it really works. That it's just not doing things. It's understanding why, right? So the old um, turn the barrel adjuster, we just did a video on that. People think it's one of the, you know, we're talking about terminology. Mechanics say, tighten your cable. Have you heard that? Tighten, tighten your cable. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, does it does it tighten the cable when you do that? No, 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 it doesn't. And there's, you know, I was thinking about a video. You can you can try this. If without the chain or just drop the wheel off, if you pluck pluck your cable, if you have a, an access to a cable, it'll be mm, some note. Mm. You turn the barrel adjuster out, 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 and you pluck the cable. Mm, <laughs> same, right? It it's, it's it repositions the pulley. But, but mechanics still say, tighten the cable.
0: Yeah, that's, the, the, that's that trap of jargon, right? Like, yeah. the mechanics, you know, mechanics all know what you mean by it, but the layperson yeah. doesn't. Yeah.
1: The, well, yeah, a, you know, another fun one we can't even agree on what I've been talking <laughs> about here. Gears. I'm, I'm in a big gear. Man, I was in a big gear. God, I was going so fast. Oh, so you were in the largest sprocket. No, no, the littlest sprocket.
0: Yeah, or a tall what? gear, a right? Or the tall, tall yeah. gear. Up, tall, upshift tall gear. and downshift. It gets me right because you say upshift, and you know, in a car, you're upshifting to a harder gear. But yeah. you know, if you look at up, and the chain goes up in an upshift, you could some people could misconstrue that as I'm going up the cassette to an easier gear. Right,
1: right. But you're a northern hemisphere biased. Look at the bottom of the freewheel. <laughs> right. We well, because then you're going to going down and up. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's we don't we don't agree. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever get to a common basis there. But, you know, that's just another jargon. Yeah. Another jargon thing.
0: I'll tell you, I think it's, you know, from my perspective as a journalist writing, like I want to use colloquialisms and jargon sometimes yeah. in my writing just to sure. change the language sometimes. So I'm not repeating this. Very verbose, you know. When yep. you shift and pull the cable, and it moves it to a bigger yep. cog, that makes it easier, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard to try and write, you know. Like I think fortunate at a bike room, where mostly we're writing to a, a little bit more sophisticated audience. But yeah, it's I'm definitely cognizant of that.
1: Yeah, no, it, it it's I it, I don't I don't have a good answer. <laughs> it uh, so just to get the answer is this for for people jump in jump in the pool you yeah. know, start turning it this way, you know, be, you're, you're a scientist, you know, do, look at what you got, do something, and then think about what happened.
0: Yeah. Go ride yeah. it, and see how it feels. And yeah, I mean, that's how I learned. You know, I, I, I like, I actually love the advice that you give about, you know, learn not just how to adjust something, but learn how it works to begin with. Cause I mean, I remember when I first had the guys at Hayes, like really deeply explained to me exactly how hydraulic brakes worked. Like all of the little parts inside, you know, the lip seals, the the master cylinder, like I was like, oh my gosh, like everything makes so much more sense now. Like now I know how to work on my brakes, right? Like you don't have to even so much teach me how to adjust them because I can just sort of figure it out. Yeah, that's great.
1: They have a great a great history. They've been around a, a long, long time. They're just, they're state over. They're over in Wisconsin there. So, they're uh, kind of buddies. Practically uh, neighbors. But, yep. I remember them years ago uh, back in the Vegas show when, you know, disc break started to hit. Oh, boy, they're all coming out and dealers didn't understand. And the Hayes guys, you know, after the show, when you just start opening up to each other and Boy, were they frustrated! With, <laughs> and uh, the rotor bolts are a great a great example of this of understanding how how things work. So the the the, the rotor bolts to some people, well, what, what's happening is the road is trying to spin, and those those little five millimeter thread shafts are are stopping it. That that's what's stopping. That that's you, you know that's why you have six of them because it's it's turning into those threads. Or that's you know and oh, this dealer didn't. Oh, that's not going to work. People are going to get hurt. This is really bad. This is and that's not how it works. When you apply the load to that bolt, you're creating pressure, right? A preload that's pushing the plate, which is the rotor, against the hub, right? So that pressure there is greater than the torsional load of the brake. That's, that's how it works, right? That's you're squeezing, just pushing your hands together. That's the pressure that the bolt's doing at, at your rotor. Um, yeah the rotor is not digging into the threads of of your of of your bolts and they they just that the fact that they had to try and explain this to a guy who's supposed to be a professional he was so frustrated and well that's you know change of uh, uh paradigm there right that, yeah. uh, they they had to get get used to this and why do you need these rotor brakes anyway everything was fine your your the most powerful brake is your biggest rotor right yeah. biggest rotor your rim yeah. But it, yeah, no, disc brakes are where it's at. That you have to have to know them.
0: I think if we can overcome that, we should be able to get Torx bolts on everything.
1: That, that's going to be your ambition.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, screw bike lanes and bike advocacy. I'm going for Torx bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, you know, from a a growth standpoint, like I'm curious. You know, Park Tool is correct me if I'm wrong, but only bike tools. Have you ever tried expanding into you know something adjacent sure. like Moto or or do? Oh yeah, you? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. When, okay? For a long time we were in the uh, the power in, um, oh what do you call them a power motor, but uh, basically the lawn and garden industry, the professional uh, weed eaters and uh, and uh, you know that that industry for our repair stands, so uh, you know things to so to hold chainsaws, to hold your your weed eater, to uh, like golf courses, right? For, forestry people. Those like, They had a huge trade show in Kentucky. We did that for a while. Then we also did um, uh, uh, the motorcycle. We did motorcycle a little bit because there was a good, better carryover. A headset press, for example. Uh, there were some different drifts. They had a few different uh, uh, designs on, uh, on, on, on the, the, the drifts, but, uh, you know, uh, and uh, shock fork, shock fork clamps to, to hold for, the, for service for, uh, you know, pulling out your motorcycle fork. Uh, we were in that industry for a while, not I don't know, just wasn't a lot there for us, and just it was better to to focus in on on um, on bicycles. So yeah, we just decided just to stick with stick with the bicycle line, and with the e bike stuff. That, no, there's enough going on. You know, there's plenty plenty of room for for growth.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is why you know it's funny what we talked about earlier. Like you don't necessarily celebrate a new standard because it just sort of like splits a skew as opposed to creating oh, right. additional business. But um, right. I imagine you know e-bikes is sort of like a new category that that, that is additive with some crossover. Yep, sure,
1: yeah, oh yeah, for sure. The industry is still figuring it out, and, and so are we. Some of the stuff makes really good sense. Okay, lifting it, you know, lifting that thing. Number one, uh, the, for shops, our electric repair stand—it's been huge, and uh, it was kind of fun to introduce that thing. You know, it's been out for quite a while. And that uh, these mic mechanics would saunter in and, oh, I know how to lift a bike. Oh, I've been doing this, blah, blah, blah. And, and, oh, well, no, you're really going to like this, blah, blah, blah. Nope, we don't have those discussions anymore. Yeah. People walk in, they know they
0: need it. Because they've lifted that, a few 60-pound bikes. Yeah, yeah. And they're
1: like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it it's also, a, it, it's, well, okay, sales pitch. Beyond that, let's get our carbon fiber, you know, fill in the blank, right? Look focus, you know, factor, you know, whatever. Um, The thing's just a few pounds. It's still fun to lift a bike up and down for, like an assembly (laughs) or for a tune-up. Boy, what's that weird thing going on in the bottom bracket? Bring that thing up till you're staring it in the face, right? Like taping handlebars, I like to have them down low. And another good one is brake bleeding, Mm, right? Internally routed, you gotta you gotta tilt that bike up at a forty five degree angle. Well, now all of a sudden your brake bleed it's it's six seven eight feet in the air. Well, let's just drop the whole thing. Ah, now it's comfortable. So um, it's like the uh, electric garage door opener. D- do you need one? No, you don't. You get out of your car and you go up and you open it and you shut it. Once you give get one, you're never giving it up. So. Anyway, that's, that's the, the, the repair stand there. But, but some of the little things, it, it's kind of a joke here, but also a headache and we're debating it. So a lot of the things are crossover. I mean, it, but do people understand that most of the bike is still a bike, right? Do, do we need an e-bike cone wrench? Do we need an, an e-bike crank puller? I mean, it's, some of this stuff, no, but then we have to educate the people uh, getting e-bikes, the, a person who's had a bicycle their whole life and gets an e-bike, they're going to understand that. That's, we don't have to have that discussion. But the new people that get it, it they automatically think this is a different vehicle. It's, I don't know if you've had discussions like this with, you know, I don't know who you, you would talk to, but that it, we've also seen it in business people. Here's a classic story we, we hear pretty, you know, pretty often. Uh, uh, some new e-shop is opened. They're often entrepreneurs. Right? A bike shop is a, a guy's ridden a bike, and he's been in the business a long time, and he you know, maybe uh, he's got a bike club, or he's just been around bikers, so he knows the bike scene. But an e-bike, you don't get that. The classic story we've, we, we've seen several times, a um, couple goes on a vacation. We went to Tucson. We went here and there, about the East Coast. We rented some e-bikes, and you know what? Those were so fun. Let's go home and open an e-bike store. That's open. And what experience do they have? They're entrepreneurs, right? They've got some capital. They're 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 older. They've saved some money. They're retired now, but they want to open a business. I mean, nearly every decent-sized town has that person in business. Well, do they know anything about bikes? So I need a cone wrench for this bike. It's an e-bike. Make sure I get the e-bike cone wrench. <laughs> so that, that I mean, it's not really a, a joke what I'm saying, but... Some of the stuff uh, we're, we're dialing in on, and it, one that's been really good to us is the um, the front chain rings. So on an e-bike, on the, the center drive, you got one ring. You got one ring, right? And it's powered by the motor. So a couple things. Every pedal stroke you take, that one ring is doing all the work. If you have a 12-speed bike, you're shifting around and back, and then each cog is taking some of the load, right? You're... You're um, downshifting and upshifting any way you want to see it. But that front ring is working all the time. They wear out quick. <laughs> those, and on an e-bike, it's a greater torque. So that those front little rings that can sometimes be 24 tooth or 30 tooth, you know, fairly small, they're doing a lot of work. The lock rings to change those, Bosch is different. Yamaha is different, right? Shimano's different. Bose is different. Fazua is different. So all those different ones, uh, you know, we have rank tools for those different fittings. Those are something we can make. We have, you know, uh, Haas machines here, uh, so we we can we can crank out that, that kind of stuff, you know. So that um, some of that's been 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 good for us, but some of the stuff internally, you know, a lot of this stuff, a consumer should not be messing with it. And even a shop, what a shop does on a lot of this. They plug in to the to the, the you know the big boss Bosch um, eye in the sky. <laughs> it does the diagnosis, and what's clever about some of the companies, if a consumer has been messing with their motor trying to get off of restriction, and which can be done, the eye in the sky knows. Once you plug that computer in, it knows. Oh yeah, you've been messing with this, haven't you? Looks like your void your your, vo- uh, your warranty's void. Sorry, Mister Jones. <laughs> So um some of that internal stuff, they just want the motor back. A, a shop is not gonna pull apart the magneto and get inside and and you know put new brushes in and, and rewire it and put it all back together. So that's that's not the kind of uh service that we're we're seeing. So anyway, I guess the point is we're trying to find our way in the in the e-bike world, what's gonna work for us and how can we be of some use and solve problems? That's the, the whole deal is how we are we going to do this and solve problems?
0: What percentage of your, your new tools over the years have come from, you know, kind of like customer demand versus you guys sitting around and trying to be ahead of the game and create something before people know they need it?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I don't think we've ever done something. We, we've done it in a different way that helps. You may not know you need this. Okay, like the, the <laughs> wheel holder. I mean that yeah that that's a good one that's a good one that that uh, um, but did we know that we needed to, to help people hold the wheel yes and uh, so but mo- most of them we you know we hear about but what we want to hear about from people what we like hearing is problems problems and some people would say oh you should do this tool and suspension tools are, are, are a good example of that that there's a lot of suspension forks out there that need a lot of different tooling and. You know, a shop will call up and say, "Oh yeah, I need this. It's it's this one tool to push this one bearing on this one fork model, and boy, you'll sell so many. Well, how many? Oh, I'd buy one. Yeah. Well, that's great. We'll mark you down. But uh, no, I'd say most of them would, uh, you know, come come from feedback. You know, w- watching, uh, you know, what what's out there and what consumers ask for." You know, and what what demands, and that's nice to be on on the on the phone that people call up, and I'm working on this and this. Do you have a tool for it? And you know, we we keep track of that. You know that uh, it's a, a new motor company comes out, like on an, an e bike, is it a you know a lock ring that um, you know that that makes sense that if there's something we we can we can do there. But uh, yeah, we try to gather as, as as much as we as we can, and you know from being on site with, with people too really helps. But uh, then you bring it back home and then boil it down into a roux and see if it, uh, if, it, if it makes sense or not. So, yeah.
0: All right, I got one last question for you. So, okay. I, you know, like kind of taking a page from the medical industry where some doctors will prescribe off-label uses for medicines. What are uh, either your favorite or your your absolute nightmare top, like off-label use for a tool that you've seen?
1: Oh boy, yeah, there's another good one.
0: <laughs> Off label, if I can think of what you mean, Yeah, somebody using a tool in a way it wasn't meant to be used, either, yeah, yeah, yeah. either yeah. to good uh, end results or to uh, a horrible end result, or maybe both. See, no one's
1: used their bleed kit for a turkey baster. We haven't had that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know what you mean. And what I need to do is go back through our warranty section. Oh, well, using punches, sure. I didn't have a punch, so I, I was gonna to, to hit to you know use this uh, uh, hex wrench as a as a punch. That uh, that's that we've, oh yeah we've had that that before.
0: I mean I've done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a, scroo- a a tiny screwdriver, or a uh, right, right a poker right, right. thing. I completely yeah. forget the name. The little oh
1: boy, I don't want to yeah. let you down here. What uh, the old tools? Boy, you really caught me off guard there. Some of the chain, maybe some of the chain cleaners. Well, that would be more, you know, running gasoline and and those things. Oh, geez. Um, Yeah. You know, and then wondering why the toll's starting to melt. Uh, (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, boy, I don't know. Really feeling the pressure now.
0: So I remember a while back I visited, um, I won't say the brand because they wouldn't let me take pictures of this, but it was, we were in their customer service department. You know, it's a major brand. And people in the call center there that, you know, they, they both do the repairs and they take tech support calls and they right. had a wall of, you know, like a hall of fame, wall of shame, right whiteboard where they would just write down their, just the most ridiculous things that customers would call in with and ask about or, or things they'd done to try and fix something that just completely ruined it. And they were hilarious, uh, you know, embarrassing, but just absolutely mind blowing what some people did and. a I'm yeah. curious do you guys keep like a, a top 10 list somewhere in the office there No, of like...
1: we we will now <laughs> we will now let's connect connect up in yeah. a year but our, our consumers uh, customer service team is is great I'm brag about them we've got uh we have so much experience you know guy that was a brand two guys that were brand managers all right besides Truman and me so with the, the four of us I don't know we got tons of experience so yeah we we get we get those calls it's the kind of calls we get—we bo- both on our tools. Okay, the classic using a, a a cone wrench as a pedal wrench. Well, it's not designed for those torques. And well, wow, you didn't put that sticker on. You didn't tell me that. Well, geez, you know we we—you know we have to assume a certain certain level, but it's, we get in trouble when, when when we do that. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep track track of those type of things on uh, what what people have done. But it's it is those type of calls that they're trying to fix their bike or their um, classic one. We're trying to figure out how to stop people on uh, on the uh, aired, aired, uh, the exercise bikes and so the Pelotons and other brands use a big bottom bracket called an Isis Overdrive. And it's a, it's a spindle that takes a big bolt. It's an Isis spline and the bolt is a big 14 millimeter bolt. They'll try and pull the crank with a small foot crank puller, which, which is needed but the small foot presses itself into the threads, mm. into the threads. So they basically have just ruined their bottom bracket. You can't get it out. You've, you've, you've and If you did get it out, the threads are ruined. You need a new bottom bracket, right? So you went from a simple repair um, to now this expensive pair, but I don't know. The customer service thing, that's like I miss the, the trade shows because we would talk to different country companies, and you you get to compare notes, It's it's pretty interesting. That I'm surprised you haven't asked though about this this trend you're you're seeing a little bit more in other industries, but it, it's kind of the same for for bike this right to repair mm. the you know, yeah. right to repair, which the bike industry. I mean, we've had that, haven't we? You know, I think get a so. chain for that. Oh, in in a lot of ways, yes. And then, you know, how far do you do you take it? You know, and like. If you look at our website, there's small. There's a small parts page where you can get those little nuts and bolts and jaw covers. You know, we we have all of that available. So it's right to repair on. You can repair our our stuff. But I think people need to also remember there's also the right to fail. R- right to repair <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> automatically doesn't mean
0: you're it's, succeed.
1: <laughs> it, it, that's
0: exactly right.
1: So you you know you go in. You you put the chain on wrong. You you. You know, your your brake pads wore down to nothing and your your, your, your rotor is now a millimeter thick. You've uh you know, you've, you've done these things and um or you, you got the you you bought uh, the wrong part, you know, that compatibility, that's a that's a big issue, you know, that what what's compatible with what is uh always a headache. But yeah. Anyway, sorry to let you down with a, uh, with a good story. I'll uh, have to get to my crew and make up one.
0: Yeah, not at all. We can do this again, and if I ever get up to visit Park Tool, I'll, I'll make a point of uh, finding that new wall of shame that you guys will put. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, come come by. Uh, you know, you see our machine area, our welding, and you know, our, our shipping. It's always fun to to see. You know, big containers going off, you know, Spain, you know, South Africa, and our distributors, you know, all, all over. So, yeah, the bike, bike industry is an interesting place now where, as I'm sure you've heard everyone's kind of, oh, or, if things are down and that's, that's true. But what I try to remember is people are still riding bikes, you know, that Ragbri had a, a record day this year and, and, uh, the high school leagues are, are going nuts. You know, people are, are still grinding down those bikes. They're getting out there and, and having fun. So, you know, hope the bike industry has to tighten its belt and sit tight a while. But I, I think it's going to turn around. I'm hoping it, hoping it does with uh, the the demand picking up. Yeah. So. Do
0: you see um, with the kind of growing uh, availability of direct-to-consumer brands, you know, and I think there's, I think, my opinion is over the next few years, we're gonna see some of the more established brands moving even closer to a direct-to-consumer model. As people are you know buying a bike without going through a shop, are the number of people trying to repair their stuff on their own without going through the shop increasing? Like,
1: you- Yep, I think uh, the difference there is is basically time. So uh, some of the stuff people can do, do themselves, but a, a person's, you know, canyons, to use one of the, the names there, and you are seeing other people follow suit there or um, you know, find a way to offer that, uh, that doesn't you know, hurt the dealer so much or go through the dealer, but you're basically to, to the consumer, uh, you're, dropping, you're dropping some money, right? You, you can buy a bike from uh, you know, a big box store, you know, the big, the big W company that's down in Bentonville. You, you can buy a bike online from them. They'll, they'll deliver it to you in a box. Those type of people I think are generally are still going to be fixing their own bikes. They're going to be pulling cranks. They could probably be doing a lot more. This type of person who, you know, I want to be like Matthew Vanderpool. He rides a canyon and by golly, I am too. I just dropped what, 10 G on this bike, even for, you know, I'm not sure that person is the type of person they're going to get a chain cleaning tool. They're going to get a brush set. But when they have to bleed brakes or do anything. That's going to go to somebody. Yeah, that the, those. So I think there's you know two two different uh, at least two different type of people. But um, definitely the and, and why why aren't they? That person could be capable. It's time that that person that that bought that that uh, you know carbon fiber you know specialty bike. They're, they're That's the type of person that is not going to want to do that. They're going to do other things. They're going to pay somebody to uh, to do it. So. That's you know one thing's going to happen there, so yeah. right we'll
0: on. see. Cool. Well, Calvin, I appreciate your time, and this was super fun conversation. Well, thanks, thanks for, for
1: having me, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if anybody's looking to repair their bike, they'll look to us. Or any questions, check out our videos or our our, our uh, website for repair help articles.
0: All right, we'll put a link to all that in the show notes and uh, a couple, along with a couple of the tools. And I, I did want to add, I've been thinking about this the whole time, I just kept forgetting. I find your uh, your tool naming scheme. Oh. <laughs> fun, you know, not funny, but thanks. fun, right? Like WH1, yep. Wheel Holder 1. Holder, yep. Um, yeah, it's it's just cute to see. So good job. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks, appreciate that.
0: If you like this episode and have a product or tech you're curious about, head over to Bikerumor.com slash podcast and fill in the form to submit your idea. You'll also find links and photos for this episode there plus a link to this and every other episode we've ever recorded. If you really like this and want more, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. That's the grease that keeps our wheels spinning over here in podcast land, and it helps us keep getting amazing guests for you. You can find us on social. We're at BikeRumor on all the things. And if you like random entrepreneurship, NFT, Web3, cycling stuff, you'll find me at Tyler Benedict on all the social channels. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep the rubber side down.